Good morning, men. How you guys doing? Yeah. Man, this is a good morning already, and I'm like, woo! Come on, Lord. Hey, if you got your Bibles, can you flip over to James chapter 1? We're going to get there in a few minutes, but James chapter 1. In, uh, in John, as you're flipping there, in John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh produces or profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. How many of you guys know that there are a big difference between uh, the words that God says and the words that we say? Uh, I have a lot of what I think are really profound things, but one small word from God surpasses every word I could ever say. Uh, it, 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 it baffles me how people try to live their lives on their own, apart from the wisdom that God has. Because I think, uh, I think God's got a lot of really good things to say. I think about Genesis chapter 1, and I think how uh, the way that God decided to create the world, he spoke and it happened. Uh, he could have done it any other way, right? God could have decided to think, let there be light, and there would be light. God could have chosen many other ways, but the way that he decided to, to create the world, it says that he spoke and the world happened. And I think uh, a lot of that comes down to the power of our words, but it's also just the simple fact that God chose this method for creating the world. And, uh, and it all boils down to the fact that there's a big difference between God's words and other words that are spoken. God's words are super powerful. What Jesus says we should probably pay attention to. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever, I think some of you have spent quite a bit of time in church. Some of you might be new to this thing. But we've got, we've got the Bible. And what is this often referred to as? The word of God. This is the word of God. Uh, There are a couple things that I think are, that are super important for, for, for Christians in life. And I think one of them, I'm just going to be blatantly honest. I think one of them is to spend time. I, I used, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I used to beat around the bush and say, oh, you should just be consistent in the word of God. We'll find your rhythm. No, man, we need to be daily. We need, we need to be daily in the word of God. Uh, Today, what I want to do is I want to look at the importance of spending time in the Word of God over, I guess, over the next two weeks, the importance of spending time in the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I'm going to read that again, and I just want to take a moment and let that rest in our minds what God is saying. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I often have it where I will spend time reading the Bible, I will spend time in the Bible, and I will come across a verse, and I will say, 
that wasn't there last time I read this. I mean, have you ever had that? You know, or you're reading a story and you're like, wait, that's what it's talking about? Because last time I read it, I thought it was talking about something else. And it's amazing how the word of God is living and active. And kind of what it has this tendency to do is it has a tendency to read us as we're reading it, right? God kind of highlights something like, hey, uh, this area over here, you should probably think about that. Pastor Duane will say, if the Bible hasn't smacked you around a little bit recently, you aren't doing it right. You know, like we need to allow the Bible to smack us around a little bit, ruffle our feathers, Because it is living and active, and it's the only thing. It's the only thing that's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it's the only thing that can judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart apart from God himself. We get the opportunity as men, we get the opportunity to say, God, I'm going to spend time with you, and I'm going to read the words that you have spoken, and I'm going to allow these to penetrate deep inside of me. If you look in John chapter 1, it says the word became flesh. How amazing is that? Like literally when we spend time, when we spend time reading the Bible, it's literally spending time with Jesus. And my question for us is, well, I shouldn't say question. My statement for us is how foolish it would be for us to go even a day without at least spending time in the word of God. We should choose to spend time in the word of God because it's living and active and it's worthy and trustable. We can trust it. Uh, the other day, yesterday, um, Anyone love this time of the year? I love this time of the year. You know what I don't love about this time of the year? Spend, yeah, except for the fact that it's like 107 degrees outside and I should open my pool back up. Uh, one of the things I don't like about this time of the year is when you're sitting underneath an oak tree and something smacks you in the head. Anyone? The other day, uh, I'm closing my pool and uh, there's a huge oak tree, like, I think it's about seven feet. It's not seven feet. It's more like 20 feet from the corner of my pool. And we have this, this uh, Costco pergola thing that we just built. It's got a metal roof. Let me tell you what, you stand underneath that and an acorn hits it out of that oak tree, you will remember that moment. Whoa, you know. Uh, I was outside, went outside my office. Whoop, got it. A couple of them dropped. Uh, I went outside my office and I picked up some acorns. What is, uh, what is an acorn? It's a seed. What, like, this, this is incredible. I go and I look at that oak tree and I walk up to the base of the oak tree in my yard and I go like this. And it's, if I'm standing right underneath it, it seems like it's higher than anything. I'm looking up there. I think my oak tree's probably about 75 to 85 feet tall. Haven't gotten a tape out to measure it recently. Uh, that's a big tree. That tree's been there for 50, 60 years maybe. I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't know. It's been there longer than 20 years because it was big when I moved in. and We moved in 14 years ago or so. Uh, So that tree's been there for probably 30, 40 years, maybe even a little bit longer. And it's amazing to think that that whole tree, everything it takes to make that tree is in this tiny little thing. 
In Genesis, it's so cool that it talks about seed-bearing plant, and it says it will uh, produce of its own kind. And it's the fact that the fact that a, a, an oak tree that is mammoth produces this little thing, and if I take this and I go find some nice fertile ground and I shove it in that ground, that oh, th- this acorn will begin to produce an oak tree. And if I give it water and nutrients and time, eventually I'll have a massive oak tree all because of this. I firmly believe that the word of God is like this. The word of God is a seed that we get the opportunity to continually plant inside of our hearts over and over again. There are moments when you might read your Bible and it might blow your mind. Those are incredible moments. When you're reading something, anyone ever had one of those moments where you're reading the Bible and it just jumps off the page, something springs to life in your heart, and this is an incredible moment. There might be times when you read your Bible and you're like, you want to know what? I don't know if I immediately feel the effects of this at this moment. Can I tell you something? Even if you don't feel that, what are you planting? Seeds. Even in those moments, it's still amazingly powerful to spend time in the Word of God. I've seen so many people neglect spending time in the Word of God because they don't feel the immediate effects. I could skip today. It's okay. How about this one? I'm too busy today. I used to use that one on Tuesday mornings. It's, no. You're, there's, we're never, man, we are never too busy. I've got, I forgot my Bible. Or I'm going on a vacation. It'll be okay. I'll take a vacation from my relationship with the Lord. Men, we need to spend time in the word of God. In Matthew chapter 13, I referenced this story last week. I wanted to kind of go through it today a little bit. It says, Starting in verse 1, Matthew chapter 13. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and a large crowd gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. If you jump down to verse 18, it goes to the explanation. I'm just going to jump right into it. It says, Hear then the parable, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of God, or the word of the kingdom, so what are we talking about? We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about seeds that can be sown. This is what it's talking about. Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom the seed 
was sown beside the road. The one whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet has no firm root in himself, but is only temporarily, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one whom seed sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Man, this is who we are. It's coming up right here. It says, and the one whom the seed was sown on good soil, say, that's me. This is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty men. We need to make sure that we are the good soil that seed is sown into. We need to prepare our hearts in a way that we can receive the word that God's speaking to us. And we need to do it daily. We need to spend that time daily. So let's get to let's get to James 1, 22 and through 26. I had you flip there when you got open. I'm gonna, I'm gonna because of time, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to flip over to table discussion. James 1.22, it says, But be doers of the word. Everyone say, be doers. And not only hearers, deceiving yourself. For, anyone, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, uh, and at once forgets what he looks like. Man, we need to, th- this is, I'm going to attack this from a different angle than I normally hear it spoken about. Most of the time when I hear this verse, what I think is we need to uh, make it so that we're getting out and doing the things that the word says so that I can be an impact to other people. But when I read this verse this week, what I thought is I need to allow the word to do in my heart what it can do. I need to, to plant that word deep inside my heart and be a doer of the word inside of me before I could be a doer of the word outside of me. So many people read this verse and use it as a way to, well, I don't have to allow the word to, to impact me. I need to go out and do the things that the word says so that other people can be benefited, which is true. But first, we got to let the word be impactful inside of us. So over the next two weeks, we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit. But I want to take a minute and jump to table discussion. And this is what I want to this is what I want to do. I want to go around the table and share how do we let the word do inside of us? How do we be a doer in the, of the word inside of us before we could be a doer of the word outside of us? Another way to say that is how do we allow the word that's that two-edged sword that we read earlier, how do we allow that sword to go inside of us and separate the good things and the bad things? And how do we, how do we allow that to impact us? Because when it impacts us, then it goes out and impacts other people, right? I love, I love uh, if you look at the, the life of Jesus, oftentimes it says Jesus would withdraw to a quiet place. Men, what's our quiet place? Where do we go? How do we get time with God so that we can be who we've called us to be? Next week, what we're going to get into is talking a little bit going on this is how do we allow God's identity to come into us from the word? 
Cool? Let's flip over to table discussion. Sorry, it's a little bit shorter today with everything going on. You got about 12 minutes with table discussion. All right. Real quick, if you can kind of bring your attention back up here for a moment. I know there's a lot of good conversation. I don't want to interrupt it too much, so I'll send it right back over to the tables. But uh, one thing I've, I've realized in my life is that um, I can't remember who it said. Someone said plan the work and then work the plan. Someone really smart. If we're not intentional, sometimes it, we don't accomplish the things we intend to accomplish.